good evening, Balls of Magic. We're back for another episode of How to Be Queer When You Pretended You Were Straight. Hi, I'm Alex. Alex. Hi, Kim. Alex, what are your pronouns? My pronouns are they, them. What are your pronouns? My pronouns are she, her. I'm back for another episode. You're back. I, mean, <laughs> I love when like, you're back. It's a joke at this point. <laughs> it right? is. Because I think I went into this podcast feeling like, why am I going to do a podcast? And you're like, no, we should do a podcast. We should do a podcast. So I just consider myself a guest star. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is like you and me. Yeah. This is our talk it's that we do. It's always you and me. It's always you and me. But we, we definitely have some help when it comes to this podcast. And I, I want to acknowledge them at the very top of this. Yes. I mean, we have a producer. <laughs> we're, we're just referring to them as the producer from now on. The producer. Yes, because we have bro friend and then we have now the producer. So let, let's break down the two people. The bro friends who there's an episode coming with bro friend. Yeah. Bro friend is our mental health guru who has just absolutely been i don't even know how to describe them uh all the words groundbreaking life-changing pivotal all um, of it all of it and then we have who has already joined us on a podcast our friend andrea who is the ultimate ally but also really freaking good at helping us process out what we want to talk about on this podcast so we were like hey you're now a producer yeah well and they also she also um, Andrew's pronouns are she, hers, I'm pretty sure. She, her. She, her. Um, um, she created our, our logo. She did create our logo. So if you have been on our, I don't need uh, Spotify, you can yeah. see the ball of magic, um, logo. Yeah. And she's, she's very talented. And I have to say someone who's been through some, some stuff in their life and has really come out the other side. And I get a lot from that friendship. Yes, they're me too. quite in it. Quite uh, a very real individual and very strong. She's one of the most um, strong. I mean, talk about smart, insightful. Yeah. yeah, resilient, resilient, loving, caring. She's all the things. Yeah, all things. So we want to acknowledge her at the top of the hour. Also with us tonight is our dog, <laughs> Bo, otherwise known as. Captain Underbite. Captain Underbite. If you are asking why we call him Captain Underbite, he is half Labrador and half pug. So I know, listeners, <laughs> you may be asking yourself, how does a pug and a Labrador create a pugador? He's a pugador. He's a very special animal. He is. He gets featured probably every episode on some level <laughs> so if you ever hear weird transitions <laughs> it's always Bo it's always Bo has done something or Captain Underbite has done something that we need to like all of a sudden pause and we come back and because we have no um, technical producer on this it's just our technical savvy <laughs> skills that we clearly do not have I'm trying to make a, a podcast. With our hot tamale dog. With a, here's the thing. We have so many names for this dog <laughs> at this point. The Snossage. The Snossage. Um, when we, hot we, tamale. Hot tamale. Captain Underbite. Dude bro. <laughs> <laughs> this poor animal. I don't think he understands his name is actually Bo. <laughs> I may have some other words for him that I'm not going to say, but. <laughs> Bo. Bo friend. No, I haven't. Yeah. Anyway. Sometimes he's boops. Boops. Boopers. In the morning, he's boops because he's cute. 
At this I, time of night, it's like I want anyone out there that had a, t- a baby, right, to go back to what was it like when you had your baby and it was like that witching hour, right, <sighs> where you would have to like swaddle or walk around or, you know, my kids always had, we called it a BB, which yeah. was their pacifier. It Like he is a witching hour. And somehow we feel like that's a great time for us to record this. Yep. Well, he's walking around. He's fine. He's fine right now. But yeah. if we have a weird transition, it's all Captain Underbite. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so this episode is called The Vulnerability Bubble. Oh, yeah. Which is, this is, I think, probably one of the truest episodes we're going to do mm-hmm. about our experience. But before we get to that. Y'all said you like grit. Y'all said you like grit. You like when we keep it real for you. <laughs> That's the feedback. We want to hear the real shit. So the vulnerability bubble is is really what we're going to talk about. And it might get a little emotional, but both like ever, listeners know we're okay. And you're going to be okay too. Yep. I know we have a lot of listeners who are thinking about um, coming out. Mm-hmm. So, um, but first, before we get to the vulnerability bubble, we have some um, housekeeping issues or, th- or subjects to go over. So... Bear with us for a minute yeah. until we get to like the real stuff. But um, we wanted to remind everyone why we do this podcast. Why do we do this podcast? Because I was totally against doing this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, why are we doing this podcast? Um, let's see. I wrote some notes down for people who want to come out. For people like, well, for me, I mean, our stories are different, but who um, you need a resource or you're, you came out later in life, you had multiple coming outs, you have a kid coming out, you have an adult child coming out, um, you, you're an ally who wants to understand how to support your, your friend who's coming out. Yeah. So for the, especially for the late in life, which is what I am considered, even though I've always been gay I've always known I've been gay technically you would call me a later in life because I didn't tell anybody um, and didn't really come to terms with it fully until later I want to just remind everyone that there's no timeline other than your timeline mm-hmm. so you want to wait till you're 60 to come out you wait till you're 60 to come out yeah um, it is on no one's timeline but yours and you really can't come out a moment earlier than you're ready to yeah and that is all for you, yeah. regardless of how much people are talking about it, how much people are suspecting it. Um, maybe you're involved with someone who is encouraging you to. It's it's your journey. It is your expression. It is your story. It is your timeline when you feel safest to do it. And I've heard people say, you know, find that one trusted person um, to tell to tell. Um, it's all about you. What makes you feel comfortable? But this is, I think, a big part of why we did this podcast is because I felt, or when you were like, Kim, let's do a podcast. And I was like, fuck no, I'm not going to do a podcast. And here <laughs> I am doing a fucking podcast. But one of the things I thought about was, boy, if I would have had some, if I could have heard some of this stuff before and when I was going through it, it it, it may have made it easier. I don't know. I yeah. I have a crystal ball, but. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then I'm maybe I'm jumping ahead, but just then I'm jumping to, um, well, this aligns with the vulnerability bubble of like, you know, how this affected our lives and the people who actually know us. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. So just a reminder, you are thinking about coming out, you're out. You have a child that's come out. You want to be a better ally. Um, Parents, man, kids, like one in six Gen Z parents, this is the time to start familiarizing yourselves with the queer community. Let's say that one more time. One in six. One in six Gen Z. One in six kids. So you got, you line up a group, a group of your kids' friends. One of them is going to come out or be. In some way. In some way. In some way. In fact, I was, um, right before I got home tonight, I, I was um, filming today. I was on a shoot around the intersectionality of black and queer. Yeah. And the person, which, man, I could talk like a whole episode about, about that. And I probably will in the future because it's really fascinating when we get to the subject of intersectionality. Um, if you are wanting to learn something, intersectionality is when you have multiple identities going on. And no, I'm not talking about like multiple personality disorder. I'm talking about when you are queer and black, queer and Latino, Latina, Latinx. Um, when you have anything that is like a multiple sort of marker of like who we say is in the margin, when you live with multiple of those identifiers, that is intersectionality. Intersectionality is hugely important because it is really very, very invisible. There is not a lot of visibility into what a person's experience is of like blackness and queerness because spoiler alert, it's really different than just being white and queer because white, our whiteness has always reflected back to us on some level of, hey, you can walk through this world kind of fitting in in some way, but when you're black and queer, when you're Latinx and queer, um, if you're indigenous, Chicano, any of these things and queer, you've got multiple sort of marginalized identities that you're trying to meld together. And that's a very different experience than, hey, I'm just here white and queer. Um, because LGBTQ folks that are listening to this, we need to be better allies even within our community. Right. Because it's very dominated by white gay. Yeah. So yeah. that's a whole other episode. We'll talk about intersectionality. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So this is that's who we're doing the podcast for, right? Did I get everyone? Yeah. Just, yeah. And yeah, just keeping it. It's it's for it's a resource. It's for education. Yeah, it's for connection. Yeah, it's for connection. It's for creating more good in the world, not creating like divisive. Yeah, I I want to say I think you and I um we went through some shit. Like we we went and we're gonna talk about some of the shit we oh, went yeah. through. Right, that's yep. part of the vulnerability bubble. But we are. I want people listening, especially if you're someone that is either the parent of a queer child and you are scared Mm -hmm. um, or you are thinking about coming out yourself. And I know you're out there because you've written us. Uh Um, It is going to be okay. You are going to get through this. You know, always your safety first. Mm -hmm. Are you coming out in ways that are safe? Are the people around you safe? There's no real such thing as a safe space, which is why we talk about safer spaces Mm -hmm. Um, but you're gonna be okay well it's like yeah bear with us listen through this because we have come out the other side and um it's joyful yes and i get think it it makes me think of i've 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 heard of some some families that i've known where you know um the parents are scared and the kid is like well here here i am like i'm loud i'm loud and proud and um but there is a real 
And I'm going to tell one of those stories tonight. There's, yeah. There are real concerns for safety um, that we need to talk about mm-hmm. because you really although there's there's bubbles of safety right right this is still a real issue for people within the queer community and we're, we'll get to that later in this episode so but more more housekeeping so our, we left our last episode where you and i were going to a party oh yeah and we well we went we didn't even just go to one party we had to go to three parties i wore my favorite skinny jeans <laughs> can we talk about the skinny jeans for a minute <laughs> You look really good in those jeans. Well, you helped pick them out for me. I did. I you, totally You dress them. me. I mean, who am I kidding? It's so fun to like, <laughs> I love it. I find shopping for other people. I love it. I, there is nothing, like even my mom, like I joke around with her, like every outfit she loves, she's like, you picked it out. I'm like, maybe I should have been a stylist. You're really good at it. Cause I definitely have put some stuff together. You're like, babe, no. <laughs> There's a shirt in particular <laughs> that you tried to wear that I was like, it's like a neon tablecloth. I know. Like, it's just bad. Yeah. But I don't love dressing myself. Okay. Yeah. I really like dressing other people. You dress yourself well. I mean, I'm 40 fucking five. You'd think <laughs> I'd figure out right by now, like, what to wear. And I, I, I mean, it's getting better. Like, I know for myself... No lace and doilies. I'm going to be uncomfortable the entire time. Yes. And if anyone else has been, so neighbor across the street and I have talked about this, mm-hmm. if you've been in the stores lately for for like cisgendered or like you want to dress like a female or however you want to present, it is a cross between like Little House on the Prairie. and Really? Yeah. It's, it's rough out there. Oh, geez. It is not good. Good thing I shop in the men's section. The men's section, I'm like, <laughs> there's some stuff that's looking good, like the skinny jeans and like you had that, what did I buy you for your birthday? Like that really cute, like kind of fitted pink t-shirt. You did and it like hugged my bicep. It was really okay. cool. I think everything hugs your <laughs> bicep. I don't think that was specific to that shirt. I think they all do, honey. That's not true. <laughs> that shirt, I was like, oh, this looks, thank you. This looks, I feel, okay, moving on. You have like very muscular toned arms. They're beautiful. Well, thank you. I work hard. You, do, you anyway. I got to give it to you. You work harder than anyone I know. Okay. Okay. Back. Back to the to... grad party. I don't know how anybody has a conversation with me. I can't keep on topic. Well, okay. I diverted it with the with the skinny jeans. So let's. It's all that's, your it's, fault. It's my fault. I take the blame on that. <laughs> okay. So the grad party. Grad party. Yeah. So quick recap. We knew that we were going to be walking into three spaces in uh-huh. our small town where we really wanted to celebrate the children that had been gradu- that had graduated. Yeah. But we knew it was a pretty safe bet we were going to be the only queer folk there. Yep. And we were the only queer folk there. We were the only <laughs> queer folk there. <laughs> so, what was that experience like for you? What was it like for me? Um I think I just, in in a certain level, I'm aware that I kind of put on um, a, a certain layer of armor. Yeah. Um, I don't mean to, but I know that I do. And then in, in some blinders of, you know, that I'm just, I'll, I'll just hone, I'll just, like the, like the horse blinders, you know, um, that I'm just looking at. You were there, and then, of course, our friend Andrea was there, and I'm just f- focused on... The two of you, I could feel whether or not they were looking at me or not, or, but you can feel the energy of like people staring at you and tr- trying to figure out what's happening. 
So I guess that's probably what I felt too, right? Is that we walked into um, these spaces and it's um, it's very heteronormative. It's very if it's very straight. Um, you know, I want to acknowledge again, we live in a very we live in, we live in Denver, but we live in a suburb of Denver, which is probably not very high on the diversity scale Mm -hmm. so um listeners if you're if you're thinking about coming out like where you live actually it it is going to impact this experience because you might be living in a more diverse area and you walk in and there's lots of other queer folk there yeah and i'm just going to note known queer folk because there very much could be other queer people there and it's just not known yeah yeah right because you can't yeah you can't you don't know you don't know you don't know until they tell you you don't know until someone tells you um, but we walked in and what I noticed is that, um, I typically out of the two of us introduce us first. Yeah. I, I ended up not like talking very, yeah. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to play my extroverted self, which I need, I need to get better at that. I don't know. Do you though? Like, I think it's just who you are. Like you definitely tend to hang back a little bit until you're comfortable. I think, I, well, I think I, um, I'm introverted in certain social spaces, extroverted in others, but I guess with certain spaces, like I, I well, I wait to be introduced. Okay. Like like, and I guess I'm owning that I could step in and say, "Hi, I'm Alex." Like, but typically in in our couple, and and this is true with like hetero couples too, right? Like one of you is usually the. Ye. Hey, this is who I am, and this is my partner. This is my husband, or this is my wife, right? Yeah. And that in our relationship, like, tends to be me. I tend to step into those situations first, and I'm like, "Hi, I'm Kim." I was about to say my last name, but I guess people probably know it. But hey, I'm Kim, and this is my partner, Alex. Well, but it depends on though, because I, I mean, we've been in spaces where like, like one of us is the bridge, right? Like, yes. Like, like so, I'm. We went in the graduate graduation parties, like. You were essentially the the bridge between how I know them. Yes. So, but when it's more like when we go into space where how you know someone that I know. Oh, yeah. Then you, well, then you introduce okay, me. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. So anyway. I guess this is, this is the same stuff that's in hetero couples, okay. right? Want to use the bridge. <laughs> so getting back to the parties, I can't believe people actually listen to this. <laughs> okay. Getting back to the parties. Um. It was, it was typically what we found when we walk into the spaces. Um, if you haven't met us yet, and I'm like, hey, I'm Kim, and this is my partner, Alex. There's the widening of the eyes. It's a split second. It's but a it, split second. It is so obvious. But it's very obvious of like, oh, 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 you're a couple, right? It takes like a second for someone to kind of to get it. And I, and I see them kind of looking at both of us, taking it in. And I want to say, like, if our whole podcast is about, like, hey, you're learning how to be out of the closet, just just get comfy that there's a, there's a couple seconds of hesitation when you introduce yourself as a part of a couple. And particularly if one of you in that couple is presenting in a way that it might be difficult to read their gender. Yep. Yeah. So there's a hot second of, <laughs> of what is happening. Okay, I am a respectful person, so I'm just gonna accept what they're saying. And people and people do. Everyone, quite honestly, after that couple seconds, they were great. Oh yeah, absolutely. Really nice, really welcoming. Um, it felt really wonderful to be there to celebrate, you know, kids and seeing them come out of COVID. All that was wonderful. Um, I I reconnected 
uh, with a couple friends at one party in particular, which felt amazing. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. I was, you know, people coming up and embracing you and being like, hey, I am so happy to see you and I can't wait to reconnect, which we're going to get to in the vulnerability bubble coming up soon. Yeah. That feels amazing. Mm-hmm. And and so it was a great, it was a really great day. It was. Yeah. So graduation parties, thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Um, What other housekeeping stuff did we have? I think it was mainly just for my, you know, just the, that reminding of how we, why we did the podcast and then the. And that we promised people we were going to tell them how the, how the party went. Yeah. So I do want to like, we, we actually took notes. We're very professional today because we had so many things we wanted to talk about, but. Um, oh yeah. Oh, I part. did talk about this walking into spaces. Just allies. Keep in mind that for your queer friends, when they have to walk into spaces where they're the only queer people, it's going to feel uncomfortable for them for a bit. Yeah. And so come up and talk to them. You know, like yeah. stand by them for a minute, make sure that they're feeling good. Um, sometimes when, you know, we all have social anxiety, chit chat at parties is, is I, I, there's like one person in this world that loves that. And that's Tina. Yeah. My girl, my, I have this one friend, Tina, that she is like the person that you always want in um, a, like a networking or like people where that because she can talk, she could talk to the wall. <laughs> she can literally talk to anyone and make it a pleasurable experience. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, Tana. I think okay. it's, it, yeah, it's just I, the note that I had was that coming out is, is constant. It's in and out, in and out when, because the only time you're really, you can just be a, a, as a queer person is, is if you're in other queer spaces. We, so we have, there's, that's why we do all this, you know, work and create visibility because eventually hopefully you know we can go everywhere and actually feel there won't be that split second of like oh yeah it's just going to become normal it's just going to be it's just going to be normal yeah so if it yeah there's always the in and out in and out but let's talk about the the um i want to go like a little bit deeper where you know there has been um you know some stuff over the last couple of years like if anybody listening remembers straight pride <sighs> there is not enough words in the english language for me to really talk about how i felt about straight pride because straight pride is every day mm-hmm. it's everywhere you go every day that you it is straight pride mm-hmm. and so Straight folks, if you want to be a good ally, part of what you have to recognize is that if you are a queer person, on some level, every day when you leave your house, you are going to be coming out. And that is exhausting. Because every space you tend to go to is going to be heterodominated. Mm-hmm. So this is also why spaces that are specifically for queer folks are so important. Because guess what? You don't have to come out when you're there. You're just there. Like hetero people are everywhere. Yep. So that is why we have um, queer bars. We have, you know, queer nights at other establishments. Because, you know, it's not on you to have to come in there and be like, oh, right, I'm gay. Right. Or your therapist who understands queer nuances. Exactly. Like there is there is a importance to being around folks that have the same normalcy and same normal uh, normative 
Yeah. And so until we can make that more widely known, it is actually important that we protect those spaces. Mm-hmm. Now, allies, that doesn't mean that you can't be in those spaces. Right. Of course you can. It just means that you don't take up the space being in them. Yeah. I know that can be a little bit hard. Like, what am I talking about when I'm in there? And we're going to get to some of that with like what toxic positivity looks like. Um, you know, again, like taking up space means you're making it about you. You're not actually centering the person that's impacted, but we can, we can get into some of that another time. But again, like, yeah, like just keep in mind that for queer folks coming out can be something they have to do every day. Absolutely. One of my way, one of the ways that people don't think about that you and I come out every single day Mm -hmm. and you know, as soon as I say this, you're going to be like, yep, this annoys the shit out of you, Kim. Every time we check out, what happens? Um, so the, check out like a grocery store, Costco, yep, the, restaurants. The checker will ask us if we're together. If and, our order is together, if it's on the same check, if, yeah. I know. And I'm like, really, Brenda, at Costco, do I need to come out at you again and be like, nope, it's one order. Nope, we're together. <laughs> and I and I will say, like, when I was in a hetero relationship, I was very, very rarely asked, is this order separate? Oh, are you guys, is this together? It was just assumed because we were presenting as different sexes that we Mm -hmm. were a couple. And now every time I go to a restaurant with you or we're at freaking Costco or King Supers or wherever we shop, it's like, oh, is this one order? Yep. Yep. We're together. (laughs) (laughs) So that's part of like the invisible... Um, heteronormative world that most folks live in where you're just checking out at the grocery store. You don't actually have to declare your <laughs> your your orientation just to get a check. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That annoys the fuck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bring it in. Sweet. Yep. Pride flags? You want to talk about pride? Or oh, should yeah. we go to the, the vulnerability bubble? Pride flags is super quick. Okay. So so it's Pride Month. Yay, happy June. Yay! And it's June 1st. It's June 1st. Yeah. So um, as you, we have to remember and acknowledge that we have Pride Month because of our transgender uh, women of color. And that they started a freaking riot. Yeah. They were the badasses. They were the who... badasses who started a riot and that's why we're here. Yep. So, um, so f- fast forward, that's what, that's part of, um, pride. So pride is, um, well, so people put flags out, yeah. um, businesses do, people, uh, residents do, um, if you have one, put it out. If you don't have one, why not? Why not? And if you're afraid to put one out. Ask yourself why. Yeah, and that's a. Some of the things you might hear is, "Well, I'm not, I'm not a gay household. Why would I put a flag out?" Right. And what's your response to that, Alex? If someone said that, if not, I'm not a gay house. The why nice response. <laughs> Do I have to be nice? Well, it's no, your I'm podcast. I'm joking. I'm totally joking. I believe in kindness through conflict 
<laughs> I'm going to steal that one. Kindness through conflict. That's what I tell my kids all the time. You deserve kindness through conflict. I think we need to deconstruct sometimes what conflict actually is. Conflict to me sometimes is it's opportunity. Yeah. 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 But if for someone that's like, I don't have a plag, a plag fried. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to steal that one too. A plag fried. <laughs> been a long day baby um but if you do not have a pride flag out and you're thinking well no i'm not comfortable putting it out this this would be a good time for you to look introspectively as to why mm-hmm. and whatever that answer is is probably your roadmap to what you need to do oh that's a great way to put that yeah yep i use that in training that's not the first time I've okay <laughs> That's why it came out so well. <laughs> He's so good. Yeah. So, it, and what I mean by roadmap is if you are thinking something like, well, I'm not a queer family, so I don't want to. So, be, why would I need to, so yeah. why would I need to do that? Um, yeah. There's lots of queer families that have them out because they're not queer, but because they feel love is love and that, you know, it, equality and equity is something that every human deserves. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, making a stand with that. If your fear of putting it out that someone's going to assume you're queer, then that's your roadmap to deconstructing your own bias. Yep. So I'm going to leave that one there. Just lay it down and walk away. (laughs) (laughs) I laid it down. I am now going to walk away and we're going to talk about vulnerability. Okay, here we go. Okay, here we go. All right, Alex. What is the vulnerability bubble? Do you want to take the first shot of answering what the vulnerability bubble is? Well... I was I. What's what's the you know when you you think of one word and it and it connects you to, to another word. Yeah. So as soon as I hear the word vulnerability, I think of Brene Brown. Yeah, because she really made it. She really made it really accessible, um, on some level, but that, um, well, like what is vulnerability? I think, well, I don't know that we have to say what vulnerability is, but you and I Because people talking, could look that up. You can look that up. Yeah. You, you, people got resources. But when we talk about specifically in coming out, what is the vulnerability bubble? How would, do you want me to go first? Sure. Okay. So the vulnerability bubble, so Alex and I obviously have had very different experiences. And um, if you've been listening, listening along, um, you probably have figured out that the experiences inside the home as an adult I was living in when I came out were were probably notably different than the house Alex was living in when they were coming out. Yeah. Again. But either way, when you come out, it takes really an enormous amount, especially later in life, folks. It is exhausting. Mm -hmm. It is really really scary because you are saying I can't stay in this closet a second longer I have to come out and you basically like monster up all the courage to do that you do it you come out and then the the vulnerability bubble is your need to actually like shut yourself away from the world because the vulnerability of that moment was just too much to actually really handle yeah. And so you retreat from life again. Yeah. 
and you kind of end up hurting some people in the process of doing that. Yeah, we touched upon this last podcast with the healers and the wolves. A little bit, yes. Yeah, but that's inevitable, the pain, anyway, yeah. So do you want to talk about your vulnerability bubble first of how did, like, I mean, because really you, you, what I'm thinking of, like, the vulnerability bubble you had, it was when you, you know, we told everybody who you really were, which is Alex. Yeah. When things, um, so it was, I started therapy in what, like September, well, a certain round of therapy in, um, a few years. Which round? <laughs> I know it's uh, obviously been off and on for, for years and years, um, that we were already talked about, but, um, and di- diving into, it was, I started for one thing and thought it ended up being, you know, an entire upheaval of my life. But so when I came to terms with being non-binary and then being transgender, um, the deeper I went at the time, the scarier it got and I the home I was living in was I was living with someone who was doing everything he could to keep me small. And I I remember, I remember a night where I was literally doubled over like in the kitchen crying and saying, I'm sorry, but there's no way I might start crying during this. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, but this is just the way it is. Like, this is who I am and I'm sorry. Um, I was like essentially kind of apologizing for being myself and, um, he was awful. He, he really called me names and would not use my, would not use my name, Alex, um, manipulated my identity and my sexuality and everything about who I was. And so outside my whatever if I experienced any um discomfort outside the home I may have been blind to it because inside my home was actually not as safe was was less safe than outside my home I I'm just taking in kind of what you're saying and I want to acknowledge um, I want to acknowledge that while you are telling me this I'm actually watching we have microphones that we hold up your microphone started shaking it did the tra- it's still it's still the trauma still like trauma affects me still with you mm-hmm. um, and I also want to acknowledge for our allies that if a person who is transitioning or is transitioned tells you this is my name Mm -hmm. to not honor that their name and their pronouns is to basically undermine everything they're telling you who they are and no one no one deserves that no and I'm getting better at just saying it's like downright abusive it is abusive. It's emotionally and psychological abuse. 
Yeah, and for I think for and I consider myself a, an ally to the trans, transgender community. I will never understand because I am not transgender myself, but I can do the best I can to take that in. But it is the same as someone repeatedly telling me, you're not a woman, your name is not Kim, I'm gonna just refer to you as this over here. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna completely debase what you are telling me is taking you sometimes decades of courage to do. Yeah. So it is abuse. It is not okay to do that to another human being. Mm -hmm. And that's everything from their name to, oh, I'm so sorry, I just don't believe in they, them pronouns. It's uncomfortable for me to use they, them pronouns. This is about centering the person that is affected, which is the person that is transitioning, not you. Yeah. What I also learned through it is that what a badass I am because well yeah you are i mean i'm the resilience and the strength and and even though there were moments literally where i'm like laying on the floor um sobbing that that knowingness never went away like i always knew like you're gonna get back up on your feet and you're you're gonna be fine can we talk about that knowingness that because you know my recollection of this was we had talked for months and months and months leading up to you um obviously you know looking at the world outside of us of who you were and what your name was yeah and it was the truest thing you've ever told me right (laughs) like i knew but how did that feel like when you acknowledged to yourself i am alex i am non-binary i am trans mask how did that feel when you finally said those words to yourself? Um, it's a level of peace and comfort that is a snowball hauling ass down a hill. There's no, it's just. It's like an avalanche then. It's a, it's the, it's the safest avalanche. It, because the truth, I mean, we say, we've said this before, how like the truth has legs, like. I'd never felt anything like this before and I it was calling upon me to trust myself. And I and I had people in my life, you included, saying just like I'm here, whatever it is, like I'm here. And so it was day after day of like listening that it's that it's you can't you can't even put words to it. It's that feeling and it's it knowingness is the only thing really. It's a level of peace and home and comfort that is unlike anything else in the world. So this is the question for allies then. Why would you ever want to deny someone of that experience? Of just letting them be in their knowing? <laughs> it's really that simple. It's a great question. Yeah, I, to me, it really is that simple. You have told me who you are. Why would I ever think that I know better than who you know you are? That any of us do. Yeah, and I, I want to just say too, like this is we're talking about this experience in particular to to transgender folks, but knowing knowing who you are mm-hmm. that is universal, regardless of what the knowing is. Um, maybe it's knowing you. Um, 
need to leave a, a, a marriage, knowing um, you need to leave a job, no, whatever that knowing is. Yeah. If you're at a place where you're like, I, this is, this is what I need to do. Yeah. How do we show up for each other and just respect that and acknowledge it versus all the other things we do as human beings to deny a person's truth? Mm-hmm. And in this, the most basic truth that we have, my name and who I am. Yeah. So inside your house. Yeah. That was not happening. No. And it steadily, um, and, and, and like I said, the, the deeper I, I went into myself, um, it became, it's almost like all the years of, for lack of a better word, trauma was coming to the surface. And, and, and we all have stuff that we work through every single day, of course, but like where it felt like the, it w- it was an awakening and it sounds so cheeseball, but it's the best word I have for it. And I, and what I realized was the, the self that I had lived as, or that I had been told that I was, was doing everything it could to hold to hold on to to keep that mask up because it's just it was so ingrained but the truth is bigger than anything and there's no stopping it so that truth is coming up behind or coming up underneath or through or over however you want to describe it and it's going to rattle every fucking thing in your whole life and it feels terrifying so in the inside my house I had someone telling me to not be myself and I was scared of myself I was he he I had someone trying to destroy or keep me down keep keep my light dimmed which was funny because I'd already been in the process of destroying myself and creating myself so it was like you really can't destroy me dude like I've already destroyed myself and I'm gonna and I'm falling and I'm falling apart and you can either do what you're doing to me or I mean I guess one a, a, a level-headed rational person could you could ask ask the universe you know do what you want to do well people are gonna do what they want to do so like or you can sit here and be like, I'm here. I'm here for whatever you got, whatever you're going to go through, even if it ends up that our lives change in this drastic way. Um, so I'm going to ask like a really hard question. Yeah. So and maybe I won't like necessarily direct this at you, but if you are, um, you know, with someone who's, who's either coming out transitioning, like you just said, like this is, this is who I am. And it, it, it has the potential to drastically change our lives. If you are the person in that relationship that is determined to not let them change, what are you even holding on to then? Right. You're holding on to the, to the lie, to the facade, to whatever you thought it was. 
I mean, talk about a loaded ass question. Yeah, I shouldn't. Right? It's not because answered so what simply. Are you, there's, there's, no, 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 no. I'm saying like, it is a lie. Like you're holding on to a lie. Yeah. And that's that's not good enough for that person either. We right. all deserve truth and 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 connection and authenticity in our lives. Yeah. So what are you really holding on to? Yeah. You can't the a person you can't once a person is out it is you can't put them back in. No. And even with the situation I was in, I was, you know, like, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, you can't put them back in. So Yeah. And I know I um I'm going to take the heat off you for a minute cuz I can Well, I was just going to say I can I can I can paint I can uh, think of all sorts of ways I wish it would have turned out, but that's not what happened. So I mean, how much can I divulge on here of what did happen? I think I mean, we're in the vulnerability bubble. We're in the vulnerability bubble. You ended up having to lock yourself and your children. Yeah. In a room. Yeah. And 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 realizing that um, my own words and my identity and even you know the identity we was getting twisted, that I would look crazy. And um, and I pff, fucking knowingness. I'm like, I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. But this is how it feels. And so I would lock myself in my bedroom with the kids and wait for him to come home from work and go to his room and then come out and do if I whatever I need to do and then go back in and lock myself again. It was fucked up. Yeah. It was seriously fucked up. Um, n- no one should should live in that. But I talk about it because I know there are other queer people out there who are who have been in or are in situations like that and you might not be in physical danger like I wasn't ever worried about him necessarily like you know hitting me or physically but but that's but, but that's you were what we scare the behavior was there and it was scary enough that you thought I gotta lock myself and the kids in this room yeah and saying to him I'm scared of you and he did not, it was like his eyes went black. Like he didn't even, it didn't even register at all. And that was, that was when it was like, I'm living with someone who, who's really like a blind caged animal. That's fucking lash, scary. Lashing out at every moment. And, and all I can do is just get as far away as I can. Which you did. Which I did. Which you did. <laughs> Which you did. Yep. So, yeah. I mean, talk about vulnerability. I'm, 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 I'm grateful that you are here right now, sitting on a sofa with me. Yeah. Um, but I remember, I remember those that that time, and um, it was really scary. It was scary, and I also want to say, like, I'm talking about it right now with the most strength I've ever had before Mm -hmm. because um, I don't know what that means. I'm, I'm the most, you know, where I'm at with it. Like it's not dark and dark and scary anymore. It's just, I remember what it felt like. I remember what it was like. It was, it was, it's, it was real. And um, I don't mean like to, to be a downer. It's just like, 
this is part of the, the it was it's part of my story it is part of your story and it's also part of your strength it's part of yeah. your survival that you are you are a, a, a survivor of abuse um and that you and this is again like everybody is where they are and i know that we may have people listening that um could be in an abusive situation themselves mm-hmm. um there's no judgment there yeah um you know there's kids there's complexities there's um you know it's, it, it it is the changing of a family um there's so many there's so many layers to it so i don't want to make it sound like it's so easy to be like oh just leave there is no just leave no no um you know it it, it makes me think a little bit too about you know the things um you know we were going to i'm going to ta- i am going to take the heat off of you a little bit yeah um and that when we talk about the vulnerability bubble you know you were living in such a highly vulnerable situation in your home life that I think, and also this vulnerable situation of, you know, knowing people for, you know, you, you lived, you know, by a, a false name and a, you know, and an identity that didn't really feel like you for decades. Yeah. And so the vulnerability that that takes to come out and say, nope, this is who I am. I've always been this person. Yeah. Um, it does the vulnerability bubble of coming out to that extent it does make you interact with people a little bit differently for a while after yeah because especially because you know you're gonna hurt people yeah like like I was involved I like it's like time stops and those friendships and everything that's going on in that moment in time it changes it's like a I mean a bomb gets dropped and it resonates out and it changes everything it does change everything. And I remember us being, there was one um, situation in particular, I remember us being in, um, we were visiting some friends in Fort Collins. And I remember um, one of our friends saying to us, like, is Alex okay? They just don't seem like themselves. Yeah. And um, really what it was is that you were dealing with such heaviness in your in your life of like coming to terms, coming out, having to tell people over and over again who you were and then having to make a lot of correction for people remember i told you my name is alex remember i told you my name is they them um the 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 rainbow so to speak of of reactions that you get to that it could leave you feeling really depleted and exhausted yeah i know i exhausted yeah and, and i know that there were so many moments i mean even you know well we're in the vulnerability bubble where I just, I mean, I would check out and I didn't mean, and I would never, I didn't mean to. But you're exhausted. But my brain would just like, kind of like, sh- yeah, I just couldn't. Yeah. And I also think there were days like you could have gone through correcting people on your pronouns 20 times before that last person got to you. Yeah. Right. So it's not so much about that last person that got your pronouns wrong. It's the, I can't do this again today. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think it's um, specifically with with a with a gender identity or a name change. It's really why a lot of people change jobs, change schools, because if you stay, it it's just a lot. It is a so. Lot. It's not. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just a lot. Oh my god! I mean, I've different but similar. There are so many times that I thought, why didn't I just put my house up for sale? and move someplace where nobody had to know a single thing. All they knew is I was this nice gay lady that moved, you know, that moved down the street. Why, why, why didn't I do that? Um, and the, the answer is my children are very much um, 
happy in this community. Yeah. And they mattered above everything else. Yeah. So I, that is why I didn't move. And every day, at least once a day, I ask myself, why didn't I move? <laughs> why didn't I just start over someplace else? It would have been so much easier. Um, why did I have to pick a place where sometimes coming out my door every day felt like, and I'm coming out again. Mm -hmm. um, so my vulnerability bubble was obviously very different than yours and that mine was inside my house. It was very affirming, right? My children were, um, I don't, I do not like to talk about them a lot on here because I, I, I need to get their permission a little bit before I, I divulge some of the experiences that I've had with them. Um, because my, my biological children are about to turn, one is about to turn 15 and one is 11. They have a say in what I share um, about my relationship with them through this. And I just need to have more conversations with them. I yeah. think about what, what they want the outside world to know about conversations that we had when I was going through this. Um, boy, do, does my 11 year old really keeps me in check with like, you need to be you mom and anything <laughs> else is not okay. You know, the 15 year old it's a little bit different yeah but i again I, I i need to respect where he is that i don't want to share a ton about um my experience our, our experience together but inside my home my um orientation and the fact that like i'm gonna take our life and completely dump it upside down yeah it was very affirming this is actually who you are um you need to follow this path i'm gonna support you it was the outside world for me that was so difficult. Yeah. And um, basically what happened is I took all the strength that I could find to come out. And it took, me, it took everything in me to come out to my children, to my parents, to people I had known for decades. Um, it took, I mean, there were some friends I had to write letters to. Yeah. And um, I still have those letters. Like, I, you know, this is the wonderful thing about Google Docs. It never really goes away. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there were so many people that I, need to, I needed to say to them, I've been hiding this from you for decades. And the process with them of, of them feeling at times, you know, some friends reacted really well and said, I don't really care. Are you happy? Are you okay? Are your right. kids okay? Yay, yay, those friends. Yay, those friends. And other friends, what does this say about me that you're just telling me now? And essentially right. really, you know, th that, that those being harder. But ultimately what happened is I told all these people, this is who I am. And then I immediately went back into a closet. Yeah. And could not function outside my house. Literally yeah. could not go to see any of them, talk to any of them answer their phone calls, answer their emails. And I've had one-on-one -on -one conversations with each of these people as time has gone on. And I've explained to them, like, I, I had to retreat because I had to, number one, so rebuild myself. Yeah. And I needed to focus on me and my kids and reestablishing what trust looked like between us yeah. because I had broken their trust. I had hidden who I was from them. Um, What was that going to look like? I had to get my parents to a point where they could they were okay yeah um and so the vulnerability vulnerab vulnerability bubble that i talk about is like i put myself so far out there with being vulnerable that my only way to survive after it was to completely retreat and shut myself in again and that lasted years for me yeah i remember one thing i did want to i did want to share this 
but there was a person in particular that when they had found out um, that I had officially come out, mm. they said to my my dearest friend, my neighbor across the street, their comment was, well, thank God that's all out in the open now. And to hear that, because yeah. I was, it was so vulnerable to think that that's the type of gossip and talk that goes on. Yeah. And God bless my neighbor across the street. She looked at her and said, it's not really about your comfort, is it? It was about Kim's. Yeah. And um, I love I love our neighbor who did that for us. Me too. Uh, but the, the vulnerability bubble for me was real. I want to say I've only come out of that bubble in maybe the last month or two. It's that new. It has felt diff- definitely different. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think in this connects to because how long it can take you to get through certain things um, that there was I think sometimes I experience this, experience this on TikTok actually where um, the toxic positivity of like don't worry about the haters like you just oh, be yeah. you and it's like actually if you're empathetic normal uh, oh, scratch that word normal if you're a empathetic if you're allowing yourself to feel there there is no positive vulnerability is is all of it you have to get through it's all the emotions and and then you can get to that point i'm sure there's a better way to say this but it's almost like you have to get through that hard part and then you can get to the point where you're like right of course what that person said or what that person did or what this person blah 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 it doesn't matter but but to say that when you're going through something like this, it doesn't help. It's not helpful at all. It's not helpful at all. Well, toxic positivity, like let's break it down. It's not helpful to anyone. Like the good vibes only t-shirts. Oh, the good vibes like only t-shirts. Like the yoga t-shirt, shit. Like, like, that, I'm s- that really pisses me off. It pisses me off too. Because you're basically denying what a person's experience is. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of like, like to flip that on people, right? Yeah. So it is the same thing. As if you came to me with an, an awesome situation mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to recognize that. I am not going to acknowledge that feeling. That is the same thing as toxic positivity. We face hardships. Hard shit happens. Ugly shit happens. Yeah. You can't tell me, well, look at the glass half full. That's not life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I can always look for the silver lining. And yes, I can always say, you know what? I can practice gratitude. I can try to focus more on the positive things in my life. But I can't forget or ignore that tough shit happens. There's no getting by in life thinking, well, I'm just not going to look at it. And quite frankly, to do that to a human being, to not acknowledge their pain, that is abuse. Yeah. It's abuse. I'm sorry. Yeah. To say, oh, no, 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 no. Um, And this is something like this happened to me a shit ton when I would tell people the experiences that I had after I had come out. Where, for example, like we're checking out, right? And, um, oh, are you guys a couple or what, what am I doing? Am I separating your order? That causes me pain. Yeah. Because I have to come out to strangers constantly. Yeah. So if you are my friend and saying, oh, well, maybe they didn't mean it that way. 
that is toxic positivity. That is not acknowledging that this is something real I have to deal with in my life. And you know what? I want to acknowledge that it fucking sucks. Yeah. So just acknowledge it with me. Yep. All you got to do is say, you know what? That's fucked up, yo. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. And you know what? Then we'll go on and talk about all the positive things (laughs) in my life. Yeah. But please don't deny my reality. So if you're noticing a glitch in the matrix right now, (laughs) it was not Captain Underbite. It was not Captain Underbite. We hit the hour. We hit the hour. We hit the not, not paying attention to the time. So, but we were talking about positive, toxic positivity. Yeah. Acknowledge what, what someone's experience is. This is also known as spiritual bypassing. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know that I have the energy for a spiritual bypass tonight. Yeah. Well, known as what would Jesus do? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But the toxic positivity, I mean, it happens, um, definitely happens a ton within the fitness community within I mean, oh boy tell me more toxic positivity in the fitness industry i'm all ears no pain no gain Ooh, keep going what no pain no gain right um everything you know like like um the good vibes only all the yoga t-shirts the 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 good i shouldn't say all i'm being very exclusive the good vibes only um no, I'm blanking. Cause I know, it's, but it's, I know what funny. you mean. Like the good vibes only. It's the constant. I am not going to see anything or acknowledge anything negative and think that that's mental strength or mental health. And yeah, it's just not. And and really, the strongest people I know, and that I think anybody, if you, they are the ones who have gone through, who have allowed themselves to feel. And have maybe shown up really fucking messy. Yeah. So And so they probably show that stuff to the people they trust behind closed doors. And then they are the ones, you know, they're, we're, you know, you're honest, but yeah, yeah, you're real. I, I want to say like, I want to say too, you know. I, I can't, I just, I feel like this is, you know, the thorn in my side in life. And it's, and it's applicable in so many ways. But if you are walking through life thinking, I'm only going to acknowledge the positive. I'm not going to acknowledge another person's pain or my own pain, right? If you are gaslighting yourself even to mm-hmm. think everything's great, everything's great. It's not like your body knows, like if you've numbed yourself to that point that you're not gonna acknowledge pain. It's not like your body knows the difference between emotion, right? So if you shut down one emotion, you are shutting down all emotion. Yeah. That's why like you hear you hear some people that have gone through shit say like, hey, my highs are pretty fucking high. And maybe the reason that they're high is because I've acknowledged where pain is. So I know the high. Yeah. Right? If you're just like, I'm not going to acknowledge my pain and I'm not going to acknowledge another person's pain, you're not going to really be able to acknowledge joy. It's not like your body knows. All your body knows is to numb then. And joy is vulnerability. Yeah, it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be like over the top joyful. Yeah. And joy, joy, joyfulness is not just happy. Joyfulness is a whole other level of like... What's the whole other level? <laughs> Brene Brown could probably say it, you know, describe a lot, a lot 
different, but I remember her saying that that joy is a very vulnerable thing that we don't allow ourselves to feel. And um, that that happiness kind of comes and goes, but joy is always there. Yeah. It is like that deep rooted, like knowingness, pleasure, goodness, the belief in yourself and others. I, I don't know. That's all I got for it. I mean, and there's other things with it, but joy is one of my words. Yeah. But joy was not one of my words until I came out. Yep. And now joy is something I experience every day. Me too. And I'm really not holding it back, the fact that I experience it. Yeah. But I also experience pain and mm-hmm. sadness and happiness and crying. And I kind of feel everything now. Yeah. Where before I was locked up in a closet, afraid of my own shadow. And it's really hard to experience anything then. I think what I'm really grateful for. Or feel anything then. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think what I'm really grateful for now is that looking back, I, walk, I walked into Brofriend and said, I'm a floating head. Like I cut myself off at the neck and could not feel a lot of myself. Like, like I was disconnected from my body, from my emotions. And I remember like the most, they didn't do this a whole lot, but like a couple times they were like, well, how do you feel about that? You know, like, you know, like the funny little therapy, how do you feel about that? that? (laughs) But there were appropriate times where they were like, you know, it was, it made sense. Like, well, how do you feel about that? And the, in the beginning, I was like, I don't, I don't know. And I'm so grateful that now the accessibility, it's like a grab bag. I can at any given moment just reach out and be like, this is how I feel. Yeah. And it's such a wonderful, and I think joy, and, and joy is always there. Well, I think that goes back to your knowingness. Yeah. I, I, I think in with age and with going through um, such an up, up, you know, a turning upside down of my life and, and I can, I can sit here today and be like, yeah, I turned my life upside down. Um, yep. I did it. I yep. did it and I survived. Yep. Um, there were days that I felt like I was barely surviving and there were days that I'm like, okay, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there and everything's going to be okay. And everything in between, every emotion in between. And yes, I did come out and shut myself off in my house for at least a couple years. Yeah. Which, you know, hey, thanks, COVID. You made that like a hell of a lot easier right? <laughs> of being a shut-in. And now I'm like, yep, I'm coming out in the world again. So I wanted to like share one more story of um, for our allies out there to really understand sometimes I think what what this experience can can be like and where toxic positivity I really want you as an ally to think about it. So I was um, at a a training on Friday and um, one of the people I work with, they are the mother of a queer child. And um, this queer child is older. They're they're in their, I think probably in their mid twenties. And so the mom has kind of been through it a lot with their their queer child And, and she and I work very, very closely together. And the question during this training that was was posed to me was, do you think the world has gotten better? And if you think it's gotten better or worse, tell me why. Yeah. And I said, you know, I actually think the world has gotten better. 
And one of my reasons for why I think it has gotten better is that if I wanted to get married to anybody I want to get married to, I can. Mm -hmm. That to me was progress and it was positivity. And I was like, this is real. I can, yes, this is, this is progress. Her take on it was, well, yeah, Kim, you can get married, but you know what? There's still an awful lot of people in this world that still hate you. And her daughter was walking down the street the other day and someone threw garbage at her daughter who's a queer person. Yeah. And that to me was, yeah, things have gotten better, but you also have to be realistic about the world that you live in where there are still people here that will throw garbage at you. Yeah. And in, in some people might be listening to this going, oh my God, how could she say that to you? But I guess for me, it was... That was the acknowledgement of actually being seen. That I live in a world where both of those things can be true at the same time. Yeah. And it was a gift that she said that. Because I did. I just felt like, you are absolutely right. I can go and marry Alex if I want to. Or if you want to marry me, right? (laughs) If we ever decide someday that we actually want to get married. Yeah. We can walk into that courthouse and do it. Yep. But also, there could be haters outside the door. Right. There could be somebody coming on the Supreme Court that's going to threaten it. Mm -hmm. And it could all go away. And that's the reality I live in. And it is okay to acknowledge that to me. What is not okay is to pretend that that's not true. Right. Because I know that I know there's, believe me, I've been walking down the street with you at times where I have felt scared fucking shitless because of the way people look at us. Yeah. And I can tell, you know, we went to a very, very popular place. We've been to more than one place where we were refused service. That is our reality. Oh, yeah. You can't toxic positivity out of what is real. So please don't acknowledge that that's my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it can be, um, well, just, we, you know, once again, reminded for the allies, like if you're straight, cisgender, if you're going to call yourself an, an, an ally, like this is, this is a part of it. This is a part of it. I can have absolute beauty in moments. And I can also be that person walking down the street that has garbage thrown at them. Yeah. It's having the empathy and understanding. Yeah. Um, there was a story I heard today, actually, from a friend of mine who was walking to Starbucks. And they were had on a rainbow shirt. And there was two people. Um, one person... They were fighting for a parking space, basically. And um, one person, one one woman pulled in and a, and a guy tried to pull in and they got out of the cars and they were like arguing about the parking space. And so my friend was walking by and said, you know what, guys, if if you're 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 standing here arguing about a parking space, standing in front of your your favorite designer coffee shop, if this is the worst thing that's happening to you right now I think your life is actually pretty good and the woman turns to them and said shut up faggot and they're like and now I'm on his side (laughs) like 
I mean, just like, wow, wow. Mm -hmm. Like you're going to attack someone like, I mean, just. But it's there. It's there. It is real. And it is real. And I think um, the more that we use positivity to think that oh, well, maybe it was just that one person or maybe this or maybe that or, oh, but but you can get married now or, or you know, certain administrations are no longer here. Mm-hmm. You have to acknowledge the good and the bad in all yeah. things. And especially for queer folks, for black folks, for, for our BIPOC community, to deny what they face every day is actually really harmful. Yeah. I think what it, it comes down to is how difficult it can be for people to acknowledge discomfort. Oh, right. Because it's just, it, yeah, I, I totally get you. It's a, I mean, we're going kind of off, off in a different direction, but it's connected that, you know, it's a practice that like part of this, part of the work, part of the, you know, is that you're, you're going to, if you're going to show up, you have to acknowledge and be able to hold that. And not dismiss or deny someone else's experience. That's really what this whole podcast has come down to, though, right? Yeah. That, number one, acknowledge um, coming out is almost sometimes a, a very da- – it's like a daily practice, yeah. right? Um, that there is a period of vulnerability after someone has come out that they might retreat from you for a while because they're either dealing with an unsafe situation in their home or they're feeling – like it was so much energy to come out that they have to retreat back into their safe space. Mm-hmm. But always, 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 if you are an ally, your job is to acknowledge the experience of others and to center their experience, not yours. It's really that simple. I think that's a wrap. You think that's a wrap? <laughs> maybe, maybe you, not. An hour and 13 minutes later? Yeah. <laughs> we knew that this was going to be kind of a long one. Yeah. Do we say we that could... every time? No, because not all of them are this long. But I think we knew this was going to, you know, because it's a, I love this topic. I could talk, I could talk about this for another, another two hours. Yeah, it's a big one. I think we just kind of scratched the surface. So, but this is a really good time to remind people. Um, we take your feedback very seriously. Yeah. And it is with a lot of gratitude that we thank you for hearing us. Yeah. It it means a lot. Yeah. To know that you're putting something out into the world and people listen to it. Feels good. Yeah. I think I'm I'm nodding and I'm just flashing to even the times when I have said it's so it's just so easy to say to somebody um it wasn't that bad. Or they didn't mean that. And and it's it's only because you are you cannot hold what they're telling you. That's what it comes down to. And and I've been there. I've been on both sides. And um that and it's a and it's a choice. I don't know, I'm just kinda yeah. So maybe the message for all of us, because we've all I've too have been guilty of the, the toxic positivity because I was so uncomfortable with the person's pain. Yeah. I just wanted to make them feel better. Yeah. And have said, but what if it was but what about right? I, yeah. I what about it what about ism them? What would it be like for us just to sit and hold someone's pain with them? Yeah. 
We talk about sitting in the dark together. Oh, we, we, we sit in the dark sometimes. We also sit in a lot of light together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you, you crack the dark and all the light comes in. We live in a lot of light though. We do now. Don't you think? Absolutely. I, I think, I think I just mean we're so conditioned. We're so wired to protect ourselves and stay hidden and stay in a hole and stay dark. And, and that like, that it tr- takes that a tremendous amount of strength and, and courage and love to like, you know, we're, we're born with a lot of light, but then, it, you know, the world changes us and it's, yes, of course, of course, of course, of course, there's tons and tons and tons of light, but you get to more light through the dark sometimes. Yeah, you do. And I want to say that's, um, that is one of the things I really learned in coming out later in life. You're going to go through a lot of dark. But there is nothing, nothing better. Hands down. Don't even have to think it. Don't even have to question it. I will always, always choose the path of coming out. Mm -hmm. I would never, ever, ever, even for a second, put myself back in that closet. Yeah. That no matter what dark you have to travel through, whether it's you come out of the closet and you're like, shit, fuck, damn, that was a lot of energy. I got to go back in my house for a while. Mm-hmm. I would never in a million years know how to live back in that closet. I might not know how to live outside my house. I might be <laughs> awkward as fuck when I go to places and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm gay and I'm here. Hi, I'm the only gay person and this is my trans partner. And oh, my God, I don't can't function. I would pick that a thousand times. <laughs> Over having to go back to being a closeted person. Yeah. Can't don't even need to think about it. Yeah. So if you're out there and you are thinking, can I come out? You can. You can. And you will find the light. You will. There's all there's always light there. You'll always find dark, but you'll always find light. It's always there. And in the meantime, you got some friends. Reach out to us. Mm-hmm. Send us your comments, your questions. Yep. All the things. You can find us on the TikToks. Oh yeah, you love the TikToks. You can find us on We're gonna make we're gonna make a Facebook page for our podcast. Yeah, I guess we should do that. We'll do that. I'll work on that this weekend. Okay. Um So you can find us hopefully on Facebook soon. Find us on TikTok. Kim Salvaggio one oh one. Yeah, Alex the Human Human. Um, Find us on Spotify. Spotify. How to be queer. Google Podcast. How to be How to be queer. Email us at How to be queer podcast at gmail And after an hour and twenty minutes, balls of magic, you have found some more light. Hopefully, you found some more light. And now we're gonna go to bed. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, balls of magic. Good night. <laughs>